This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Blood Red podcast. I'm Conor Dunn and I'm your host today. I'm joined by three wonderful journalists. The first one being Paul Gorst. <laughs> How are that. you? I'm not bad, yeah. Conor, yeah. Very, very well. Cracking on. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Paul. And I'm joined by Theodore Squires. How are you? Not too bad. Not an Everton fan. Late sub in. Good. <laughs> You're not going to arrange on that. And Ian. <laughs> I, was, I was just expecting you to say wonderful gentlemen then. I wasn't expecting you to term us as journalists, even though that's what we are, sort of. Well, you're more journalists than you are wonderful. Well, that's not very nice, is it? Continue. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. I was all right until just then. <laughs> you were always all right. More of a journalist than a gentleman. <laughs> anyway, the football is back. Well, it wasn't away for that long, but it is back. Feels like it was. I know. It feels mm. like it's longer than it perhaps was, but the good news is um, it is back. And Liverpool are going to go... Launching their three-pronged attack on a historic treble, no doubt. Um, Jürgen Klopp's press conference today, ahead of Norwich on Saturday. Gorsty and Doyle, you were both there. Um, how was he? Tanned. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's obviously made the most of his mid-season break, wherever he, he flew off to. Uh, he, was, he was in good spirits, Jürgen. He, he was talking... Um, I mean, it was about four or five questions, as usual, before we get to the, the game that we're apparently there to preview and Klopp... Had a little nibble about that as he usually does, but when he got on to talking about Norwich, he was talking about their strengths and um, how you know they're bottom of the league, but perhaps this is a league that's stronger than some people are suggesting, and um, it will be a proper fight for Liverpool. And, and I'd probably go along with that. Um, I think it will be a, a difficult game. I mean, they're bottom of the table, but whenever I've seen them this season, they always seem to have a little bit about them. They've got they're a couple of good players. Um, so it won't be a won't be an easy one for the build tomorrow. But he was saying, you know, Norwich are going to show up with their strengths, so let's show up with ours, and and that should be enough to, to get the job done. Um, a few updates on James Milner and Sadio Mane. They were obviously back in training on Monday. They're in contention. Jadon Chikeri uh, isn't as of yet, and Nathaniel Klein isn't. But other than those two, and uh, Paul Glatzel, um it's a clean bit of health for the pool, and it's probably coming at a at a very good time, which is probably now the the running, if you like, between now and you know May. 17th or May the 30th for the Champions League final yeah absolutely just to pick up on Gorsi's first point there Doily Norwich have this season caused teams decent teams some big problems obviously they beat City gave Tottenham a really good go um, and they have essentially got nothing to lose tomorrow have they really so what are you kind of expecting from them well I think they, they, they do have something to lose because they're still well, I mean, their own managers call it a free hit, and it, that's, it is, isn't it? That's totally. just taking the pressure of his players there, though, isn't he? I mean, it is a free hit if you look at it first against last in the table, the best team against presumably the worst. Although, you know, it, the worst team is is often who is the worst at the time in terms of the form. Obviously, the whole season determines who's the best and who's the worst. And I agree with Gorstein that Norwich, whenever I mean, I've seen them play, they've always looked in a game. Even when they lost 4-1 at to Anfield, first game of the season, that's when Liverpool are having one or two teething troubles with the defence. Obviously, we know all about the high line and all that. But that's what that Timo Puki that he loves, stuff like that. So he'll be the danger man for Norwich. He'll he'll be looking to play off the shoulder of the last man. And, you know, Norwich beat City 3-2, didn't they? So the thing about Norwich is that they are not going to be able to sit back and defend. And if Liverpool play anywhere near to the best, they'll win. But you know, always going to Carrow Road. It's it's miles away, as we're all well. I know, and you're all going to find out <laughs> at the uh, at, at the weekend. Um, it's always a good atmosphere, good crowd. They're always up for it, Norwich, 
I can't think of too many times when Liverpool have gone there and absolutely tonked them. Even the, was it 3-0 Suarez scored a hat-trick? There was a 5-2 as In well, the, wasn't there? the awful purple and orange kit. Yeah, there, was, so the, one, the, yeah. there have Shushan. been... There have been some games where they've won, but it's never easy. And, I, and I'm not expecting anything different. One point I would like to say about Klopp as well is that he was wearing new glasses. Yes. So he's obviously, yeah. he's obviously been to spec savers on his time off. And it was against Norwich the last time Liverpool went there. That's what broke so maybe he's doing it in preparation. <laughs> Preempting some reinforced glasses. Um, yeah, for all we can talk about how well Norwich have played against teams this season or who they might or might not have beaten or been in games against, the point is, and Doyle's just made it there, Theo, that if Liverpool play the, no, the way we know they can, they will exploit the spaces that Norwich have and ultimately come out as victors, won't they? You say that about any team Liverpool play at the moment. They are probably the best team on the planet, if we're being honest. And it doesn't matter how good you are, Liverpool will find a way to beat you. The fact that they're playing with such confidence at the moment, and we've had this tough festive period with all the injuries, and it's like, oh, December, it's a tough month, Liverpool are going to slip up here. January, tough month, going to slip up here. They haven't. Now they've got everyone back. You expect them to just go from strength to strength. And with Norwich, I suppose... They have looked good at times, um, but there's the confidence there when they've come up, they've been promoted, they haven't had any defeats and that, and you don't quite know much about their players. So they've all got this uh, confidence, momentum going into the season and defences don't really know much about, say, a Campbell, for example. Uh, and then Pukki scores a few goals, they're fine. But then once defences work them out a bit more, there's more scouting reports available. He's got to have like a 30-goal a season uh, campaign for them to stand a chance of staying up. And obviously, he's not going to do that. And that's probably why they are where they are this now. Did Norwich lose 3 2 to United at home? And they lost 3 2 to Chelsea. I think United yeah. had three, two penalties that day? Yeah, it was 3 2 mm. against Chelsea as well. And yeah, they won 3 2 against City. And what was the Arsenal? Was that one all? Or did I just dream that? Was that recently? Where, um, didn't that Bamiyang get sent off? Was, was, that, was that Norwich? VAR farce, wasn't there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah with the penalty and the, and the. I think Cruel came off his line, didn't he? And oh, there was that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was that game. So there's always goals. So expect loads of goals, basically. Well, between Liverpool and Norwich, there's always goals, yeah, yeah. isn't there? Is that so, the stat you've seen today? Which was that? Most goals in a game in Premier League history, on average. Really, yeah. Is it? Yeah. But that's that's what what that's 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 average, yeah. On average, yeah. On average, yeah. Four a game. Okay, fine, oh, fair enough, good. good. Well, look, look forward to a nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> I think the point we've all been making, really, Gorsty, is that Liverpool have a full complement of players back and this might actually be almost the first time this season where Klopp has had a f- almost a full squad to choose from who he would realistically select for a whole squad. You know, obviously Shakiri is still out, but he might actually make the 7 or the 18 anyway. Um, how important is it, you know, that all these players are coming back just as you seem to get into this crunch time where you're going to really hit and try and go for a treble? Yeah, they, they couldn't have timed the better really because, you know, you look at Sadio Mane back from, from his injury and, and James Milner who's actually been out for, for quite a while now hasn't mm. he it's you know the best part of five weeks um, probably suggests that that's, that's the lengthiest absence he's ever had in his career really yeah I um, think the most he's ever missed in his career was it seven games in a row and then one at it was because of a broken ankle yeah, or something yeah, absolutely yeah. mental but remember we were looking at it when yeah. we, a few weeks back uh, so um yeah, I mean it's it's great. I mean, obviously, you've got Minamino, who's since been added to that group as well. So it's um, it's a far cry from the the end of December when Liverpool were naming Harvey Elliott, Nico Williams, and, and Curtis Jones on the bench pretty much every week. Now it's a it's a real strength and depth thing, and and Klopp's got the options. Um, that he still maybe hasn't got the options, at, at maybe right back. Um, you know, you take Trent Alexander Arnold out of that, and. You know, Nico Williams will do a decent job, but he's nowhere near the player and at left back as well. Andy Robson's obviously so important to that uh, to that Liverpool side. But everywhere else, you can kind of chop and change from now. Looking at these games where Norwich, 
Liverpool are going to be favourites no matter what team they line up. So Klopp has got the option to, to make a few changes over the next few weeks for these type of games. Don't think he will tomorrow because I think he was kind of stressing how much the the break has helped everyone and, and everyone's refreshed and, and they're coming into it 100%. So I think he'll be willing to name his, his you know strongest team tomorrow. But over the next few weeks where Premier League victories aren't as important, shall we say, with, with, with such a lead, he'll have the option to to rotate and adjust as and when because he's got so many options available to him now. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Doily, actually. Do you think Klopp holds anything back for Norwich with Atletico in mind or do you think he goes full guns basing because they haven't played for a couple of weeks and just get them in the rhythm and get banging straight into Atletico anyway? I would if I was him, definitely. Because he's proven himself this season to be pragmatic. I think they just want to win the league. They're not bothered about really about winning every single game, remaining and getting 100 odd points or whatever. I think they'd sooner win the Champions League and the Premier League than win the Premier League and get loads of points and then get knocked out by Atletico Madrid because they were playing a full strength team and in the game before and some of them were tired. I mean, as Gorsty said, they have had the break. You know, all the first team players have had two weeks now since they've last played. So there's no excuse there. But if he's got this massive squad, then why not use it starting with the as we said before, the worst team technically in the whole of the Premier League. So if you can't rest players for Norwich away, when can you rest them? Yeah, fair enough. That's obviously a different opinion to you, eh? Manager home. <laughs> <laughs> you think you don't think anybody's going to be rested? I, I think he's got the option to. I just don't think he will because of, of how much he was stressing today, how, how, the, how the breaks helped everyone. I think everyone will be, will be heading into it. Rest. I think you said rest, recharged, recovered. Yeah, loads of the RAs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, think, I, I think we'll see a couple of faces we haven't seen in a while. We can obviously come to yeah, that we a bit will, later we'll come on, on to later, later on, yeah. and it'll be interesting. I think we've obviously discussed here about a, a strongest team as well. We did a piece on online in the Echo about you know what we thought the strongest possible squad available to Liverpool was, the strongest starting eleven and strongest bench. Um, it was only one discrepancy in the four that did it, Theo. I think the starting eleven for everybody was the same, and you know, if you want to go through that and explain quite what that would be, then by all means, yeah, and then sure. I'll ask these boys what they think. <laughs> well, we went. It was Allison and Goal. Obviously, you're not going to have anyone any difference there. Uh, Trent, Gomez, Van Dijk, Robertson. The only debate you're really going to have, which you probably would have had two, three months ago, is who's your centre back alongside Van Dijk. I think Joe Gomez. Well, previously, what one goal in ten games or something ridiculous like that conceded now that's decided front three is always going to be the same and then we all pretty much said this is a bit of a midfield dilemma here what do we do went away chose our three and we all chose the same three so on paper can you guess the three <laughs> Fabinho Henderson one elder there exactly you go that, yeah. but I don't I don't think there is a strongest Liverpool because I was, I was off so I didn't take part in that I don't think there is a strongest Liverpool team I just think there's a strongest team for the next game to play in yeah, yeah. of yeah. course that yeah. is that's always the opposition always comes into it doesn't it but I think that even if, even if they normally you'd say like, well, say they're playing a Champions League final tomorrow, then I'd be saying, who are they playing against? Mm. See, that, that's how far Liverpool have come now. Th- they I can th- actually pick and choose like, oh, are we playing in the Champions League final? All right, we'll play this team. I think it's interesting that you all picked the same defence because it wasn't that long ago that we were saying Joel Matip is the one, isn't he? Alongside Virgil van Dijk and he, he's made the shirts his own and then he, he's just unfortunate ready to pick up an injury. And since then, Dale Lovren obviously played a little bit until he got injured, but Gomez has been fantastic since he came in. Was it um, Bournemouth after, he came up, wasn't it? But, but it was yeah. after he the Southgate right game, wasn't it? When Lovren, yeah. Lovren pulled up injured in that game. Basically, Gomez has been at centre-back since and he's been fantastic. And Matip hasn't done a whole lot wrong other than one ropey performance at Shrewsbury aside. Um, it's just, just you know, how well Gomez has taken his chance. And 
I think that's how you get into this Liverpool team. If you get a chance, you've just got to take it because there's so many so many quality players just waiting to, to come in and, and prove themselves. Yeah, they spoke about in the press conference today, didn't they, about um, players are playing through the pain barrier. Yeah, and do you yeah. think there's players that are actually doing that because they know if they drop out of this team, there's a good chance they might never get back in? Probably, yeah. I mean, I think that was that was one of the reasons why Klopp was always so frustrated with Daniel Sturridge. Because if he wasn't 100%, you know, fit as a fiddle, then he, he wouldn't play. And, and Klopp was... He wasn't making the point about Sturridge today, but just it kind of tweaked at the time. I was thinking... Sturridge, if there's any sort of injury with him or niggle, then he, he just ruled himself out, and that was so so frustrating to clock. But Andy, the likes of Andy Robertson, he, he's been playing with an ankle problem for what two months now. Um, Salah's probably still not 100 percent from his ankle mm-hmm. issue, and it is it's, it's just part and parcel of, of being a footballer, isn't it? You know, play pretty much every day for you, for your livelihood. You, you're going to pick up knocks and and niggles, so it's how we, you you kind of manage yourself through it. And Klopp was saying. Pain is not an injury. It's obviously if you get like a muscle strain or whatever, that's when you come out the team. But if you've just got a little bit of a pain here and there, then you just get on with it. And that's why he wanted the winter break so much. Yeah, because it gives them two weeks off, or technically speaking, a week off from all those kind of strains and gives them a bit of a rest. And while we've done the whole debate to death over what he should have done with the FA Cup, I still think that the break itself is a good idea. Although Man City and West Ham aren't going to have one now. (laughs) Yeah, very true. I think the wider point that we were making with the strongest team, Doyle, is that this Liverpool squad is so good that with an 18 lining up for any game, <coughs> 11 players and seven subs, there's going to be three senior players that miss out mm. at least, if that's including no youngsters like Curtis Jones or but, anything. But you always, this has been something that we've said for years, you, you, you're always have to have to have a squad ready for all those injuries because the minute that... Some some people get injured. That's when people complain and say like, "Oh, why haven't you got a big squad?" And then when everybody's available, they go, "Well, why have you got a big squad?" You know, well, it's because of the injuries. You know, I can tell you now that at the end of this, I think it's it nine games in thirty six days they've got coming up, starting with Norwich. By the end of that, there'll be at least two players injured who aren't injured already. And then the, the whole debate of should they go to international football, this, that, and the other, guaranteed, and they'll probably get pulled out because they'll only be friendlies or something stupid like that. Well, Robertson's not one because he's got playoffs, hasn't he, for Scotland in March? So mm-hmm. he's going to be one to keep an eye on. Because yeah. if he's still suffering from this injury, because it has affected and his they game. they will need him. Yeah, yeah, it has affected his game because he's not been as good. Mm. No, he's not been awful, but he's not been as good as he has been over the past couple of months. But as Gorsty said, footballers all the time are playing through the pain barrier. Klopp mentioned Henderson against Barcelona. Yeah. But he could have gone off early on, stayed, and we all saw what happened there in the second leg. So, yeah, there's always these tales. Footballers want to play, and you're right. The, the, the other side of that is that you might have players who end up getting badly injured because they're so desperate to play that you know they, they, they put themselves through the pain barrier a bit too much and aggra- aggravate an injury, which is another side that Liverpool have done quite well with because the medical staff have, have done so well. Anyway, we will come back to the players, the team selections and what we fully expect from the Norwich game in a minute. But there was a bit of other big news this week. I'll start with you here, Theo. Um Liverpool announced that the second stage, their public consultation was underway for the Anfield Road End. And that is very welcome news. Um, they want to take the start, well, the whole stadium over 61,000 seats, which is going to be incredible and hoping for construction to start at the end of this year. Just how good is that for the club? It's a very exciting time for the club. I think um, it would be the third biggest stadium in the country there. And it's one of those where if Liverpool on the pitch, they're making themselves one of the best teams on the planet. They need the stadium to go alongside that. Anfield's always had the history 
but it just it makes a difference with Simon Domain stand how much of a difference that makes how more modern it looks the finance that comes into it and it's all coming together tickling along nicely and it just seems that Liverpool have got all these little projects going along at the same time don't they so they've got the main stand done they're working on the academy uh, change in Kirkby so it's got the whole training ground facility there and now working with the Anfield Road stand it's a really exciting time for the club for the future you get more fans in obviously the demand's going to be greater than ever when Liverpool probably going to be Premier League champions going into it maybe next year as well who knows so it's just perfect timing for them there's yeah. an interesting sorry there's cool. an interesting comparison that came out I'm not sure whether you saw the stuff things in the Daily Mail talking about Old Trafford basically saying it's basically a dump now oh, well. now I'd never call Old Trafford a dump as much as a lot of Liverpool fans would like to say that it's not but it's interesting it's like went to Camp Nou Barcelona uh, last year the, that stadium is fraying around the edges. It can't compare to Liverpool, but Liverpool are never going to have a stadium that's 98,000 capacity. In the same way that Liverpool are never going to have a stadium, really, I don't think there's going to be 75, 76,000 at Old Trafford's got. But what's more important, having a better stadium or having one that's got more seats in? And I think that's an argument. You know, you always like to have one up on your rivals. You saw what happened with Tottenham and Arsenal, for example. Tottenham just added some seats in because they wanted to, because then they could just get like a few seats. Exactly, so they could, yeah. get, could get a bigger capacity than, than, than Arsenal. But obviously Tottenham Stadium is better than Arsenal's, but it's 15 years young. You know, the Arsenal Stadium is 15 years older. That's just what happens. But Liverpool are setting the standard with their stadium, uh, with the rebuild of the main stand. And, uh, and you've seen all the pictures, haven't we, about the, the Anfield yeah. Road. And it's basically... It so impressive. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's the same. Anybody who's been going to Anfield for years and years and years, like I have, you know, the Anfield Road ends always been, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, finish that off. You know, it's, it's just always been like the... Have you well, ever sat at the back of the Anfield Road end, the lower, the lower stand? I've not sat in it, but I've stood there when I've been going to a it's seat. It's not the greatest yeah, No, it's not. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's not. But... It's just good the fact that that's getting a treated just as well as the other. It sounds like they're like living things, aren't they? They're just, they're just stands, but you know what I'm trying to say, don't you? And of course, as, as Gorsi wrote at the time when they first did the first consultation or they announced it, the cop will be the smallest stand there, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 7,000 seats, isn't it? 5,200 are going to be general admission. They're applying for an all-year-round licence. So they're going to have to like sort of take that and... Pink and whoever else at Anfield uh, for the foreseeable. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good for the city, though, getting some big music act, bigger music acts in. Yeah, that, that, that is great news. I mean, get some good ones as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're waiting on them. I think some, some of the residents. Can I just um, retract that comment? I quite like that. <laughs> we've, we've done this, we've done this, take that, that thing. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm not sure how some of the residents are a bit unhappy at the, the noise pollution on a, on a Tuesday night, but. Um, I think long term that that's that's got to be a good thing for the city, hasn't it? The fact that it's not just the Echo, uh, the the MS Bank Arena, as we're obliged to call it these days. Um, that's not the only venue for for you know big musicians to come come perform in the city. Uh, it's going to be great. Liverpool are confident, the, or cautiously optimistic, shall we say? The construction will begin at the end of this year, and it will be done in time for the summer of 2022. So, not that far away, really. Um, towards 61,000 Anfield uh, seater. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So when that main stand opened, it totally revolutionised like the whole of Anfield, to be yeah. honest. Like, it looks so imposing, it's so impressive, the noise levels, the £9 tickets, just everything that came with it, I think it's probably one of FSG's best ever investments. And I don't see this Anfield Rose stand being any different. Um, but I know you wrote your opinion piece the other day about the fact that they're building this stand, this, it's in progress, and they're going to be completing Kirby by this summer. Mm-hmm. It's just world-class on and off the pitch. Yeah, um, they're getting it right, aren't they? Everywhere you look, there's not a thing that you can really have a, have a legitimate grumble about. Um, 
sixty million pound worth of Anfield expansion to be <coughs> hopefully completed in two and a half years. New fifty million pound training ground opening in July. Um, they're going to be Premier League champions. To start the the defence of the Champions League trophy this week or next week. What what can you say? I mean, that there's not a whole lot to to uh, to gripe about at the moment. Is that it's just a, a, a world class club at you know the best it's been for you know certainly in my lifetime. What, how long would you? How far back do you go, Dooley, before you think it's it's been? <laughs> no comments. That's the, that's the elder statement of the podcast. Well, uh, yeah. Well, let's face it, if Liverpool do win the league, which I have to assume they're going to, there aren't many seasons where they've been the reigning European and English champions, and they've never been the world champions before. So these are kind of uncharted waters, especially when they're going into, a, hopefully, let's say in a couple of years, a new stadium. That I wonder, by the way, that whether or not the prospect of playing or managing in front of 60-odd thousand as was part of Klopp's thinking when he said, I'll sign a new contract and extend. I, I think something about, like, I'd, I, what I've invested this much time and effort into this I want to see project I want to see it through yeah. yeah maybe I mean he kind of hinted at the time that it was about telling future transfer targets mm. that I'm going to be here for the foreseeable wasn't it but maybe, maybe that was part of the thinking for... there's, there's always going to be a time when he's going yeah. isn't there so well, he's, there'll be a time when his Liverpool project has been completed you know he's I wouldn't say anywhere near totally transformed you know, not saying near the end of it now but he has obviously totally transformed Liverpool and when he leaves the club they're going to be in such an unbelievable position and he could essentially have overseen them first Premier League first treble uh, biggest stand biggest crowd ever like, he just could be like the manager who takes Liverpool to that next level and be like look I've done it thank you well, in the past it just seems that he was only going to be there for that first stage wasn't it it's like he has this team that he's built together he said last summer they deserve another year together this squad and it'll be he'd go when that squad is done and now he said he's staying along it's for the foreseeable it's always well, going to have to build it again you think Liverpool haven't had a manager who's had to do that since Shankly Paisley <laughs> Dougleish Dougleish had to build another team I think sort of no he, yeah, he definitely did because he lost Rush didn't he they had to, he build, lost Rush, he had to bring he, three other people like in second year wasn't he when he brought in Aldridge yeah yeah because they, they knew a year in advance that Rush was going didn't they so it just it's one of those that shows how different Liverpool plan they know how to get it right on and off the pitch and I think what's the biggest reward there for them is if you say you look at Arsenal you look at Tottenham going to their new stadiums, it's come at the cost of success on the pitch. Like Arsenal, when they moved into the Emirates, that was what, 2006? So it was only two years after they were the Invincibles. And you think, well, they haven't really won, apart from a couple of FA Cups, much since then at all. Tottenham, we've already know the grumbles there. Who have they signed really since when they've been building this stadium? Whereas Liverpool have just gone, right, we want Van Dijk, we want Alisson, we want Fabinho, and our stadium's really good as well. And now they're going to win the Premier League. City have done quite well from their new stadium, but of course they never built it. Yeah, they never they built it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're also pretty rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've got, they got a fair bit of money there. That's, that's interesting the point about Klopp will need to build another team, I think. This is the last season for most, for not most of these players, yeah, for this kind of... The absolute yeah, peak yeah. of this team. Yeah. So, so I think they'll be in the 28 this year, aren't they? Yeah. So, so they'll, they'll be, you know, you say 32 by the time Klopp's getting towards the end you of the season. You've got and Henderson. They're like that stage now with midfielders coming out of the yeah. peak. Yeah. See, Lallana's going to go, isn't he? And Milner, okay, staying, but you know he's going to be slightly less yeah. and less. Sh- Shikari will, will move on, Moni, you expect. Because it was um, interesting you said then about which... I think Benitez tried to build a second team but ran out of money because of all the other problems that were going on. I think Julier had to dismantle one team, get another one, and then I think he was just in the process of starting another one, but he you know, made the mistake of Sheru and Diouf and that's kind of was his undoing. So it would be interesting to see, just from a wider point, what, what Klopp does next. Well, you'd think 
Klopp has already done a rebuilding job at Liverpool. Yeah, he's had to do. This is his like he could. Uh, he's had to take that, take apart one team and then build another. So this is his team. So isn't essentially, it? Yeah. doing it again. So, yeah. but he's got yeah, a, yeah. a better starting point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you'd hope for. Even that, more that was success. always about Ferguson there at United, wasn't it? He kind of refreshed and replenished when he, when he had to. But um, if you build them from that that base of you know a top class team, it always always helps, doesn't it? Klopp didn't really have that when he came in four years ago. He had to. What was, the, what was the phrase he always says? Build the train while you're driving it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> good. But that, that, was, that was kind of what he had to do. He this, had to get success while trying it, to trying to it's improve like the that, team. Yeah. yeah, And when you had like you mentioned Ferguson, you think all well, the players that he got rid of to improve on. It was like, you think, what's he doing? Getting rid of say Beckham, Van Nistelrooy. Does that mean we're going to be getting to this stage now where Klopp's going to have to make those tough decisions? Well, over he got rid of Coutinho, didn't he? Coutinho, but then Coutinho Okay, yeah. hmm. I know he wanted to go, but he could have, you know. Does he just go, right, this is at the stage now where Salah's not going to get better, we'll take 150 million for him so we can build again? Well, without wishing to upset everybody, I'm still convinced that one of them's going to go at the end of the season. Salah or Mane, one of those two. Really? Yeah, absolutely convinced. And you reckon, well, do you think Liverpool are going to do some major transfer business this summer then? Don't quote me on that, Connor. Don't try and get me in. <laughs> well, if they're selling one, they're going to have to, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you never know, they might, they might promote within. But they won't like. They will have to buy somebody. <laughs> <laughs> all, all views, uh, Ian's. <laughs> That's Manu. I said this last year, didn't I? You did, yeah. I, yeah. I said this last year. I was convinced, but I think, I think Klopp sold it to everybody, saying, "Yeah, as you said, I'm going to give this entire team another go." And look what's happened so far. Yeah, anyway. well, I don't think he's silly, isn't he? He will know, and obviously, he sees those players day in, day out, on where they're at and how well they're going to be performing and how well they're going to be performing next season. I personally definitely think. He's, they're going to, Liverpool going to have to do some massive business in the summer and I'm really excited to see who that might be I think why? why wouldn't you be? I mean every no I'm not excited I mean why do you think that they're going to do massive business? well I think even if you bring in anybody over the sort of 40-50 million pound mark that's massive business and I think you know when you're talking about the likes of Timo Werner who's apparently got release calls according to build for 50-55 million then he would be a massive piece of business and he looks like someone who might be able to fit in anywhere in that front three if, if one of them's going to go he looks like a good addition I think I think Liverpool are going to do some big business this summer. You're the host, but if you if you're suggesting that Mane and or Salah are going to leave this summer, then by default they're going to have to. Oh be yeah, I know, I know, but I'm, I'm, you weren't convinced that Mane or Salah are going to go, or anyone. You're not suggesting no, anyone not, specifically going to leave. Are gonna, yeah, uh, still going to plan for their future. Liverpool could could sell Shakiri and, and Harry Wilson hot. for fifty million and get a, and raise that money. Yeah. You know, yeah, money's not the problem. It's more where they're all going to play, and then that's and a good point. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's the whole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Say, oh, they can afford those transfer fees easily, but it's the wage bill, isn't it? The wage bill's going up because, like, they're going to say now with Van Dijk, Allison, you've done so well since you've come in. Here's another massive contract, massive pay rise. They've done that for half the squad now. That's where the money's going. So it's one of those where you've gone from paying your best players 150,000 a week to you're probably going to have to be looking at over 200,000, and it's not just that basic wage. It's you're winning a... <laughs> Damn. There's just banding. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Dubai. Really sorry, the Middle East. <laughs> should we do that again? Honestly, no, we should not do that again. Okay, it's a... Damn, you're, play, <laughs> you're paying all these win bonuses, trophy bonuses and that. You just... A lot of money going on to players for this success. Yeah, no, I've you're absolutely right. I feel like we've um, <laughs> we've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, yeah, to be old. fair. But I might bring it back to Norwich because this transfer podcast is... Transfer tangents. Exactly, <laughs> is, is not for with, today. With potty mouth squares. Because <laughs> the Premier League is back tomorrow. And Gorsty, the point is Liverpool can go 25 points clear of Manchester City. And wouldn't that be something? It would. <laughs> um, I mean, Liverpool have kind of 
um, being the beneficiaries of the the weather, shall we say? Um, so they might not be tomorrow when the winds well, are about fifty. Yeah, but, <laughs> the enemy of football. I think it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what Pep Guardiola has to say about the rearranged game against West Ham. And because I'd imagine he'd, he'd, he'd be furious because there was even talk, wasn't there, about playing it this weekend when it was mm. going to be their week off and. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, Liverpool have just got to carry on winning their games, go 25 clear tomorrow, and they are now five wins after that, if that happens, five wins from a Premier League title. So um, that's just got to be the aim, hasn't it, tomorrow? I think one of the one of the facts that's kind of been overlooked this season, so with the 22 points, is that it's the biggest lead that anyone's ever had in the top flight ever. ever. At any point ever? Ever. And I was like, what? I couldn't believe that when I heard that. I was thinking, so you're telling me any team that's won the league by a lot like you, Liverpool were, OK, less so... From 81 onwards, because that's when it was three points for a win, so it's easy to get a bigger lead. So none of the Chelsea teams in 2005, 6, the Arsenal Invincibles, United when they Still were winning it by loads. It was like it wasn't 22 points. Even City when they were 100 points, it was 19 points from United, yeah. wasn't it? They worked that out though. So like you say, what the two points, if it had been three, or is it? have they just done it for... I think they've just done it like that. I also, Actually, no, I think they may have done it for adjusted. I don't think anyone's ever been... It's because it's seven wins, isn't it? Seven wins. Yeah, seven. Liverpool can lose the next seven and still win the title by the amount of points they lost it last season, which is incredible. Liverpool finished thirty points behind Chelsea in two thousand and five. They, they were fifth. Like, They're thirty points behind the Invincibles. Yeah. City is second now and, and could be twenty five tomorrow. Julio, I know Klopp and all the players and everybody connected with Liverpool and probably you are going to too. Goes game by game, game by game, game by game. We only focus on the next game in hand, but. There is an outside chance Liverpool could have the Premier League title wrapped up by the time Flesco come to Anfield. That is, there's absolutely no chance that's going to happen, though. No, but there is. No, I'm saying it's not going to happen, though. Yeah, but there is a chance. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so I'm, 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 what I'm basically suggesting is that for, if Liverpool do hold something back for Norwich, which will come on to team selection yeah, in a minute, yeah. go hell for Leverett Atletico and get a, like a decent result away from home, they could come... If they could come to Anfield, being with Liverpool one, maybe one or two wins maximum away from winning the Premier League, and surely that puts their course for at least the double on for a huge, huge like focus. Well, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason. You look at who the games that they've got. Is it Bournemouth, West Ham and Crystal Palace at home and Watford away? Is it around? In the City, next, you've got Leicester sorry. away. They've got United. Yeah. Leicester playing Wolves tonight. It's so not Le- got easy games. So Liverpool's fixtures in the Premier League at least suggest that they're going to make changes because they can. If You know, they're so far ahead, they can afford the odd, oh, we got a point at Watford or we got a point at home to Crystal Palace, which wouldn't be beyond the realms of impossibility given what Crystal Palace do on the road this season. And Watford were a bit unlucky when they lost 2-0 to Liverpool at Anfield. So, yeah, I think you're right in the sense that Liverpool, if they, if they get three wins in the Premier League in between the two games against Atletico Madrid, then it's kind of like they can just do what they want. Which... Well, we, I'm sure we'll come to the point then, is that going to help or hinder them? Yeah. Do they need... That they like, they always, be yeah, my next question. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you ask <laughs> No, 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 then, no, yeah. no, go on, go on. Because then it's about, you know, Jurgen Klopp and his Liverpool teams are about intensity. And I suppose then the argument could be to keep things, the intensity up, would be to make the changes, to give the fringe players who haven't been playing a chance to like, okay, let's see what you can do because they've got these big games in Europe coming up. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to come on to you there, Theo, really. But if they have you know, wrapped up the league, coming into the end of the season and they might have another Champions League game to progress the next round. What what does he do? Does he keep going hell for leather and just keep pumping at it and keeping his team at full throttle or does he does he hold them back and chop and change and take the pressure off a little bit? Uh, I think we'll see a couple of changes each week. 
but it's not going to be like changing the whole team because you do need that momentum. You need that consistency. I know this Liverpool side is a very different look to the, say, the one he inherited. But if you think back to that first season when he came in, it was, we're going to have one team for the Premier League games and one team for the Europa League to, uh, games, mm. aiming to win the Europa League to get into the Champions League. Obviously, that didn't happen. But you go into the Premier League games, so they had like Danny Ward in goal, Brad Smith left back, Chiravella was playing games. And obviously they dropped points that they shouldn't have done because of how weak that team looked. Uh, so it doesn't make sense to say, right, this is like a team you put out against Shrewsbury in the FA Cup, the away one, that is going to be your Premier League team. Because you do need a few more senior stars because they will need to keep playing games. And you can't say to say, Mohamed Salah, he's going to have his eyes on the golden boot, isn't he? He's not going to say, yeah, I'll sit this one out so I can focus on the Champions League game. He'll want to go and get a couple of braces so he can get to that top of the list. So it's just going to be seeing which players are a bit more tired or could do with the rest and just change it every couple of players. Well, it's certainly a luxury. Um, but judging by how Klopp was talking in this press conference, course, it seems like all the players are fit, ready and raring to go. And by that token, you are playing everybody full strength at Norwich tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it did sound like everyone was waiting to uh, get let off the leash. Uh, so I'd, I'd go strong tomorrow, I think. Everyone's going to be... Fit and firing, aren't they? Um, I think Theo makes a good point there about chopping and changing when the pool of are going to win the league or it is officially done and dusted. I think you know, just giving players like uh, Naby Keita, for example, I think putting him into the mix in a Premier League game when the league's already won and saying go and go and show why you deserve to be in for this Champions League quarterfinal that's coming up or um, Divock Origi. You know, there, there, there are quite a lot of players who. Could still have a, a big point to prove um, for you know to Klopp when he's thinking about chopping and changing and, and mixing her up for for the big games in Europe. Yeah. Okay. So your team then is as we discussed is the Ronaldo, Henderson, Fabinho midfield or yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We'll go with Trent and Robertson right and left back. Uh, Gomez and Van Dijk. Yeah. I don't mean the back five is going to be different for anyone. No. Is it? I'm playing Matip instead of Gomez. Are you really? Yeah. I'm definitely not. No, <laughs> I think he's have to play at some point. He won't play against Atletico Madrid. I think Chelsea. <clears throat> I think well, the funny thing is, I think Klopp will go massively full strength at Chelsea in the FA Cup just to wind everybody up and then put the two teams either side, which I think that's Bournemouth and Watford. I think, I think they could, or it could be Everton actually. When's Everton? Uh, Monday night is it the tenth. Oh, it would be, yeah, yeah. Everton's the other side of that. That's that's way off, isn't it? So I think he'd be able to go full strength against Chelsea. Do you not think though, with the way that Gomez and Van Dijk have been playing in front of Allison, that sort of solid oh, yeah, I know. they've I... got going into Atletico particularly with those positions it's probably your more stable positions on the pitch so you don't think Gomez is playing ahead of Atletico because you're coming in for Atletico even if you don't think he's playing in this one surely yeah but Matip will play against Norwich it's called resting players is what we were saying rotating them I don't think they need a rest though well I reckon he does to be fair it's three against one I think Gomez is playing so no 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 <laughs> <laughs> Don't, just wait ask me about the midfield then. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait um, midfield for you yeah I think so Fabinho um, and yeah Klopp again was talking about Fabinho um, today and saying that he always mentions that weird rhythm and he says he is fresh because he hasn't actually played that much over the last you know two months so um, I think he'll start Henderson and Wijnaldum, yeah. And same for you? That's my trio, yeah. My front three all look different, but that's my trio. It's the same for me as well. <laughs> Fabinho, Henderson and Cater. I think Cater's looked sharp the two times he's come on a sub and he's the same as Fabinho. He's not badly played, has he, for a few weeks. So Cater, I think he deserves it as well. 
Because again, he won't be playing against Atletico. He might play against. Is it Bournemouth next? Is it Bournemouth after? It's that? West Ham. Oh, West, West Ham, Ham is on Monday, Monday night. That's miles yeah. off as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still sticking with my team. I, Klopp seems to like catering the Champions League games. He likes Milner in the Champions League games. I think Milner might play against Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, it's not I wouldn't be too shocked with that actually. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be shocked if Katie plays, but I think Ronaldo will. Um, front three, you've got other ideas, Theodore. Uh, I'm not going to start Sadio. Neither am I actually. I'd rather let him have his uh, Atletico moment and let him nurse his way back in. Because when you've got the other players like Naby Keita, who we knew was pretty much fit before the winter break, we've just seen videos of Mane training on his own. and It's not quite the same, is it, when you're training on your own as full training. So uh, let him have a sub-appearance like he did at the start of the season, ease him in and then unleash him on Atletico. Do you agree? Are you playing him? Who are you, are you not playing? Who are you playing instead? Uh, Oxley chamberlain Okay. Just because he's done well in the last few games. No, Minamino. Not, not a mention of him, yeah. No. no. I'm, playing a Re- I'm, I'm playing a Rigi instead of Mane. On the left? Yeah, the Rigi. Okay. Rigi. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go with Mane. I think he, he hasn't played since, well, pretty much limped out in the first half of Wolves, didn't he? So he hasn't really played since whatever the game was before Wolves. Can't even remember that far back. Um, so I think, I think throwing <laughs> him in. He'll, he'll have trained all week. He'll be, he'll be ready to go, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to stick with Mane as well. I think getting him a bit of game time before Atletico will do him a world of good. Um, so yeah interesting team selections if it's your one I think there might be some uproar on your Twitter <laughs> I think it's, if it's mine you may result in the score that I'm going to tell you what I think the score will be go on then 4-2 to Liverpool 4-2 <laughs> above the average <laughs> yeah. okay yeah 4-2 it's cool. got a, it's, um, a cage will be superb there you go I'm sticking to the average and going 4-0 4-0 yeah. no chance Liverpool keep clean sheets and Gomez will make sure there is a clean sheet yeah knowledge have only scored 23 Four, I think. They I think it's scored almost every game. I think mm. only only Southampton have scored less. Um, so I think two 0 to the pill. Yeah, I agree. Two 0 Four two. You all want to see a four two? It's not going to be four two. It'd be a good game, though, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. <laughs> but it's not going to be. Anyway, we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, discussing a sensational four two victory. Kate Hattrick. Twenty four, twenty five points clear, top of the Premier League and looking ahead to Athletic Game. But thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.